Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of the Off Blade podcast. We're psyched to have you back. Thanks to everyone that tuned in for episode one. Um, this episode, we're going to be uh, no guest in-house today, just the three hosts, so um, thanks for tuning in. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us wherever you're listening to your podcast, and if you get a second, we'd appreciate a rating or a review. Let us know what you think. If you're looking for anything specific for next episodes, give us a shout. We are sponsored again by the wonderful Hammer and Hops Brewing. Today we're drinking their fantastic IPA. Hammer and Hops is a Sturbridge-based, family-owned brewery that pumps out a rotating cast of delicious brews, including scrumptious sours and superb stouts. Check them out on Instagram at Hammer and Hops Brewing and keep an eye out for news on their retail location that will hopefully be opening later this year. All right, so before we get into um, our conversation, we just have a quick WMCC update, which is the, if you're not from Western Mass, the Western Massachusetts Climbers Coalition, um, which we're pretty heavily involved in because we do a lot of our climbing at their crags. So um, they do have a lot of events coming up in March. Their Community Conversations, which is the new name for their listening session, is on March 9th. Their first quarterly board meeting is on March 17th. They're going to have some pretty important updates on that one, so I actually would recommend tuning in. Um, their Gym to Crag is March 23rd, and the silent auction is going to run from March 9th to April 3rd. They're still looking for donation items and experiences, and anyone with a donation item can email them at wmcc at climbnice.org. That's G-N-E-I-S-S, like the rock. And info for all of these events can be found on their website at climbnice.org. Thanks to our friends at WMCC for always keeping our crags pristine and accessible. Hey, Rich, what's the Gym to Crag? I'm so glad that you asked, Mara. Uh, the Jim to Craig seminar, it's a presentation that's hosted by Michelle Dedishwu. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Let's just assume that I am. During that, you'll learn the basics of climbing outdoors. We'll, we will cover local areas, basic etiquette, an example of solid packing gear to consider, and also access and maintenance. Does that answer your question, Mara? Yes, it does. Okay, so episode one, uh, we did have Shane Burke on, which was actually more of a time-sensitive reason. Shane's being deployed to Poland in a very short period of time. He's already shaved his beard. He has shaved his beard for military. Um, so we just wanted to make sure that he was on the show before he left, so um, that was kind of the reasoning for that. But um, we kind of wanted to give you guys, I guess, a little bit of a background on who we are, You know, why is it relevant for us to start a podcast, it's actually not, but anyway. <laughs> why did we Question think? Question solved. <laughs> and that's it. That's all we got for today. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Right. Um, so anyway, um, does anyone want to start? No. Okay. What are we, is this like This a, is your introduction time. Tell the people who you are. Rich, tell the people about yourself. Uh, hmm. My name is Rich. Oh, wow. You, you ready? I didn't forget my name. Uh, my name's Rich. I've been, Can you spell that for us? Uh, it's R-I-C-H. Instagram handle is at Richard with five Ds, just so we got that clear. Uh, I've been climbing for just about four years. and Me really, too. Oh, really? We all pretty much on the same page on that? Michelle, how long have you been at it I'm for? I'm the weakest here, and I've been climbing the longest. Don't give me I that. Yeah, it's true. I started in. Well, I'll let I'll let you finish your intro, and then we'll get. Oh well, I don't know how much I want to talk about myself right oh. out of the gate. Well, but... what's your favorite like um like discipline of discipline of climbing? Discipline? I can't talk. <laughs> Rich, what's your favorite thing to climb, and why is it slab? 
Uh, so favorite discipline of climbing, I guess I, uh, I'm definitely finding myself very fond of like long multi-pitch easier ish routes on trad gear. So yes, I think a lot of that happens to be on slab. And I think I'm like one of the few, I'm finding out that I'm one of the few people that enjoy it. Definitely in this room by the looks that I'm getting from everybody, but yeah, it is slab. And a lot of that happens to be specifically on white horse. Yes. White Horse was like my home from July through probably November. Where are uh, you still planning on doing? Because you have a birthday coming up, right? Yeah. Yep. Are you still That's planning on doing? Older. How old are you turning? I'm turning 35. I'm getting Holy crunchy. Shit. Yeah, I you're know. Getting, you're super crunchy. But weren't you planning on doing the equivalent amount of pitches as years you are old? Is that yeah. still happening? Yeah. Um, instead of doing. Was it pitches? Yeah. Instead of trying to nail like 35 pitches in a day. Uh, consecutively, I'm going to try to do 3,500 feet of climbing there because at Whitehorse, you just link all the pitches together and that's going to be the strategy. So yeah, that's, uh, as soon as it dries out and assuming I don't break some other joint in my body, that's going to be like goal number one is to get up there and do that, uh, which would be pretty exciting. So yeah, should be good. Now, how, what are, what are the conditions around in Whitehorse in March, early March? Uh, not good. Yeah. I'm going to guess cold. Not Probably good. frozen. Yeah, I went there. I went there a couple days ago. Oh, get closer to the mic. Thank you. Uh, I went there a couple days ago, and it was um, covered in snow and ice, which is good for ice climbing, not necessarily for trying to climb a ton of slabs. So probably won't be able to pull it off right on my birthday, which is in early March. But you know, shortly thereafter, that's definitely a goal. So cool. Sweet. How do you feel about slab, Mara? I don't mind it. Sometimes. <laughs> Depends on the slab. Everyone's hesitant around that one. So. I, don't, I don't hate slab, but... So yeah. how long... So you've been climbing, you said, since 2017? Yeah, I think April 2017. And you are not from here at all, right? You're from... <laughs> no, I'm not from here. She's not from here. She doesn't even go here. Literally don't even go here. <laughs> I lived in Arizona until I was 14, then moved to Washington through college, then did a quick two-year pit stop in Portland, Oregon, and then we moved out here to get jobs. They are both employed. Yes, for, currently right? employed. Hey, they, they it, it worked. They did it. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite discipline of climbing or crag? Or... Does top rope count as a discipline? Yes, it does. I love top roping, Nothing. and I will top rope till I die. That's awesome. I'm right there with you. That's hmm. great. Cool. The good thing is, if top roping is your favorite discipline, you probably have longer period of time until that whole death thing. Yeah. So. Oh, and that's I thought, why I thought we were talking like climbing like seasons, like you could climb more throughout the year because you can top rope ice, you can top rope in the summer, yeah, but you're uh, talking about like literally dying. Well, I just, that's I mean, also it's... why I don't mind following yeah. the guys when they lead stuff. It's nice. sustainable. That's yep. true. <laughs> that is very true. Sweet. All right. My Instagram what? handle is also at Mars underscore bars seven in case I don't want it to follow. Is there a seven in there? Yeah. I send her. Herself. I send her a lot of memes. I just so I looked, should know that by so heart. I know what it is. Okay, that's true. Mara, what's right. your favorite spot to go climbing? I don't know if I have one. Um, I do enjoy is going. Is it your Boulder Cave inside of your house? No, it's very cold there right now. <laughs> it is cold in that room. I do enjoy. I have enjoyed Mormon. We went there a lot this year. Mm. I've en- I enjoy Farley always. Lots of different things to get on there. I've done some of the hardest climbs I think I've done there, which is nice. With a G? Oh, nice. Yes, Ooh. with a, which is nice. 
I don't like college rock. I went there too early and it was very hard. It, and it well, dissuaded me. Hard. I don't think there's anything wrong with So kids, a crag. don't go places that are too hard when you're a baby. It's not worth it. Were you a baby? Were you a baby? Literally Did you start a baby. Climbing as a baby? Well, that's why it was so hard. In 2017, <laughs> I was a baby. And then the next year we went climbing at College Rock and Mara it was bad. Is 4 years old. Does Josiah know? <laughs> what about you, Michelle? I climb. You climb. That's good. Yeah. We climbed the other day. Huh. Um, and we did. I was horrible at it. Um, you've talked, you've, you've been into a lot of disciplines of climbing. So like, what's your jam? What's your favorite? Um, I started, so I had kind of two different, um, time periods where climbing was like really prominent for me. So the first one was college, which my parents were never outdoorsy. So we never tried like camping or climbing or hiking or anything of that nature. So when I discovered all this stuff in college, it was like, you know, earth shattering. So I forget what year, probably junior year of college, um, just started climbing at the gym in Hadley, which personal opinion is still the best CRG, but that's that neither, we've been to, that's neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, didn't get really outside until my more recent round of climbing, which started in 2017. Um, and then, you know, I kind of started going all over new England went climbing out in Montana, as well as the Red River Gorge, which was cool. Um, yeah, I too am a top rope tough guy. I mean, I don't know. Is that your favorite? I don't know if it's my favorite. Hmm. It's certainly not bouldering. I guess it would be, I guess, out of all of them. Hmm. I don't know if I... But the main question is, I don't know if I have a preference between sport and trad. I'd say that's fair. Yeah, they're probably pretty equal for me. Especially just because of where we are. The sport is pretty good. The trad is pretty good. So, spoiled in all disciplines. I don't even know, like, what makes, like, one discipline a favorite over another. I think, like, each I bet one success, you get, like... Success. Success helps. Success. Yeah, get, well, no, I'm absolutely. very good at top roping, so I like top roping. I think that's totally fair, but, like, you get a different level of fulfillment from accomplishment on different ones, so... I think the mental it's, aspect, too. Like, sometimes leading is very scary, but if you put a top rope, not scary anymore. That's true. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like if I were able to get, like, a hard-ish boulder for me, I'd be like, I'm a boulderer, you know? Like, I would own it. But This week. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I never do it. I feel like it's a frequency thing. Like, which one you do the most. Mm-hmm. What's the most accomplished feeling you've had after a climb? After a climb? Yeah, think about it. Something that you send and you're like, oh, yeah. It, like, leaves a mark in your memory and you feel. I've oh got God. one. Go ahead, Mara. Uh, we were climbing. I think this was at Farley. And Joe got stuck. And I didn't want to <laughs> leave all the gear. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll just go try to climb it. And it was very tedious. And I definitely took a little break on a ledge next to the climb. But I finished it and got all the gear back. That was a, mix, was that was a mixed hard. route too, right? He like, then he bailed yeah, off of something. Yeah, there was like a couple pieces of trad. And then I think I had to pace, place one cam. And I did not really know what I was doing. But it didn't. I didn't fall on it, so it was fine. That's good. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's all good. That that's As good. we like to say, everything is bomber until you fall, so. That's true. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. Um, there was Zipper in yeah. Gloucester, which, I don't know, was probably the first, maybe only, style of, um, climb of that style, which is basically just, like, a beautiful layback from bottom to top, <clears throat> and, like, when you finally understand the movement of it, mm-hmm. that felt really cool. And so getting to yeah. the top of that was like, whoa, like this is a whole other sport almost. 
Um, the movement on that climb is remarkable. Yeah. It's so good. It's great. Um, so that one felt pretty special. And then there was also that one climb at Chapel Edge. That was... They don't have any... It was next to the one that Ken Nichols fell through the tree in or something. What? I don't know anything you just said. We'll save Rich that, we'll save that story okay. for when we get Ken Nichols on the a, podcast. Shameless a, plug. <laughs> it was a newer uh, anchor. They had like just put it up. Yeah. It was also laybacking, though. Yeah. Remember? I think it was like... It had that like overhang. You come up over the bulge, and then there's the short layback. And yes. It had like tiers of almost every type of climbing you could... Yeah, yeah that's what it that was, That was a really I think, cool spot. It was, it was just like a unique climb. But yeah, I don't know. I guess that... <clears throat> like, I've, I've never relied on like just pulling, like muscling myself up through something. Mm-hmm. So anything like laybacking or stemming or mantling, like anything where I basically have to use like technique over strength, I feel... I don't know. Those are my favorites, I guess. Hmm. More of a more of a push climber than a pull climber. I do love a good mantle. Yes, it's true. <laughs> also, here's a question. And for those of you who don't know, because you're not here, um, but my boyfriend Jesse is also in the background. He's also a climber. He does not think that uh, a mantle involves using your knee. It does. <laughs> to me, it's just... How do you guys feel about So this? to me, a mantle is where you're putting the arm down or your hand down next to you and pushing up. I don't mm-hmm. think it has to involve your your legs or knees or feet. So you think that's the mantle is the actual like push up motion, yeah. not the well, like the, the pl- I don't know if it's leg. the push up motion. I'm definitely I think with it's Jesse on the placement. Yep. If you put your knee on a rock climb, that's bullshit. You're not climbing. I'm not. A, I'm not a climber. <laughs> I avoid putting my knees on thing unless I just get myself in a position where my body just doesn't move anymore, and you're like, well, I guess this is where I'm going now. Knees are always off. Yeah. So I have a tremendous amount of nerve damage in my knees. So like oh, if I true. put my knees down we'll on something, I'm going to, I'm going to feel like pain in my left heel or something like that. So I just, so if I you're don't... mantling, you're going to go up with a heel I hook do everything I, I can to avoid putting my knee down. Cause for one, I think either it, knee. Yeah, Why either, is that either knee. Well, cause I, I cited the injury. Really I cited the injury in all fairness, <laughs> but like, yeah, either knee. Cause like for one pain, uh, and for two, I think you just kind of look like a Joey if you oh, no. are like crawling knees around. Are your knees are only for on knee it. bars. Yeah, you okay. do a knee bar. Knee bar is a Or for sometimes ice climbing, it just happens. Okay. I disagree with that. No, it just it's I not bounce my knees it off everything accidentally where... when I'm ice climbing, but I don't yeah. do so it on purpose. So that's not out of like a move. <laughs> no, it's more like I like went to put my foot here and it didn't work, so now I'm on my knee. Yeah. Sometimes my body just if, doesn't. If you try to make like using your knee to mantle an acceptable move we're gonna get so many like one star ratings gonna be blown up the uh, podcast store on this wow i'm just so. saying i've done it and not I to get combative right out of the gate here it? but have i googled it yeah i just didn't know it was a thing until jesse mm. was like i think i did it and he was like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> i was like i don't know ever that's a, hell of a, that's a hell of a coach <laughs> Jesse would appreciate Go this back climb. down, do it again. <laughs> Jesse would appreciate this climb we did in Acadia where I was going to mantle and kind of slipped and I ended up just like on my belly like a seal and had to like scoop myself up to get my feet on something because I couldn't see them anymore. So I just like pulled myself up with my body. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a heck so... of a ride. Not to, hey. Yeah, you do you, you, do you. but. Thanks, guys. <laughs> You're going to be judged Michelle's... by your boyfriend. <laughs> Michelle's bringing knee moves back to. Uh top roping that's right by any means and all means necessary <laughs> she's gonna be doing break dances on the wall soon just wait party on i'm down with it mm. all right catch break dancing in the paris olympics whatever year that is 2024 <laughs> tokyo 
No, that's coming oh, to Paris. Paris is the, the summer? next one after no, Tokyo. Tokyo would be summer, right? Paris Tokyo be... was summer. Paris is the next summer, and there will be break dancing. Mara, that is a great segue <laughs> into the Olympics. That was not intentional. Do you what, do you think the Olympics are going to happen this year? I think Tokyo slash Japan is damn determined to make it happen. I try not to predict things with COVID because you can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow. That's true. Okay. So if you guys could only pick one New England crag to go to for the rest of your career, which would you pick? I think I would say Rumney. You said New England, so any? Yes, New England. I would just move to Acadia. Mm. <laughs> Though I don't know if if I would choose just one crag in Acadia. I would have to pick one specific I think you one. could just pick Acadia right, as I'll a pick, general. I would move to Acadia. Just like picking Rumney like as a general area? would give you the... Yeah. So you could say Farley, and you wouldn't have to pick, like, a specific area of okay, Farley. that makes more sense. Simple. Wolf Rock. <laughs> Clearly kidding. Um, is it College Rock? It is absolutely not College Rock. I'd probably have to say... Oh, man, why is it so hard? And I th- there's some good ones in Connecticut, too. There's some decent ones in Connecticut, but nothing that I'd want to, like... I think that's part of what I enjoy about climbing is like the variety of being able to like go other places and travel. But if you're going to make me pick one, then I'm probably going to, I mean, I'm going to stick with what I said before and probably go Whitehorse because I might in my old age be able to still climb some of that stuff and have a good time. Like, and by that, I mean 40. So five years from now, (laughs) he'll just need someone to carry him back down at the end. Oh yeah, definitely. Can't do the, uh, when you reverse approach, what's it? Is it a diproach? I don't know if there's a word for that. I think it's just there, called a hike there down. Is now. I like deproach. The 45-minute the, deproach from the top. Yeah. Yeah. The descent, maybe. So you're Rumney? I'm surprised on that. Like I really we've... enjoyed climbing at Rumney. I don't know. It's not very close, but I've enjoyed my climbing there. Most people in the most people that are listening are probably like, yeah, of course, Rumney, but I... Uh... Well, Rumney, I just guess, feel like just gets so busy. Like, Well, this is a perfect like... world where I don't have to think about that. Yeah, so it's, it's just a... you and the rock. Yeah, just forever. me. Well, me and a, hopefully someone to belay me. And... Like your husband. <laughs> rock? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Your husband. <laughs> There's convenient camping there, so you can just true. be like, boom, get up in the morning and yeah, go. Mar- Rumney, you're the rope gun. You ain't sending Josiah up that shit. No offense. But... <laughs> Josiah's the trad leader. You're definitely yeah, but if the she's living climber. up there, she's gonna get super strong. Yeah. It's not no problem. It's not these muscles. It's this muscle. That's right. She's pointing to her brain. Yeah. Everyone who can't see, Mars <laughs> using hand motions. I get two in my head when I have to lead, and it, it really yeah it hurts okay. me. So I think a lot of us forget that climbing is inherently scary. Like, which is why when we tell normal people what we do, they're like, "You do what?" Because it is scary. Like, I think in time we get a little desensitized, but you know? know so why acadia it's beautiful it's just it's i don't know i've only climbed there a few days but first of all the rock is solid it's granite and it's beautiful it's pink there's a myriad of different crack systems and um i don't know it just felt like just special and there's like i don't know the ocean so you get to like smell the salt of the ocean and everything and um i don't know it's just a very unique place with a a lot of beautiful scenery and um i don't know just get behind that we did we did like a couple days there and the place is stunning it's awesome yeah yeah Um, i really enjoyed acadia good variety of like different type of climbing like there's a lot more crack climbing than i had expected yeah 
Um, but we also experienced that the windiest day ever there. Very windy, but absolutely like it's not always super windy. Just the one time you went, we were there. It was very windy. Yeah, Yeah, that's totally stunning when you actually like get something. You talk about like the sense of accomplishment of like finishing a climb there, and you get to turn around and see like the ocean and some pretty wild structure. Well, I'll tell you what. I was following my friend Chris up a climb up there, and I I don't remember the name of the climb and the grade or whatever, but it was at um precipice, and he you know, leads the route, builds his anchor, belays me up, and for some reason, I was just, like, exhausted, and I, like, kind of broke down at one point, because he was, like, very casually, like, this is not a good place to fall, and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I think it's quite <laughs> like, obvious what that means. Is the rope going to cut if I fall? Like, what is that? So, and I kind of got, like, stuck in this one place for a minute where I had to, like, rattle the rock and it was between a tree and it was just very weird did you use your knees yes to straddle the rock (laughs) but i got to the top and i topped out and he goes okay so just clove yourself into the anchor i just burst into tears because i was like i don't even remember how to make a clove hitch right now like i'm so frazzled like i can't even and he goes it's okay just turn around and look at the ocean and just relax for a minute i was like wow this is pretty cool so Acadia is very special, especially if you get to the top of the climb and, you know, cry. So it's pretty great. <laughs> try, try to avoid crying whenever I can at the crag, but, you know, embrace it. Sometimes it happens, man. Yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do. That's right. Why'd you guys start climbing? Um, it was addicting, frankly. That's not why you started, though. That's why you kept oh, with Oh, like, why'd I go the first time? Why'd I don't know if he asked the question. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, that's I not clarify, a... I yeah. guess, but, yeah, I'm like... Everyone has, like, different... Nobody... What circumstance brought you to all of a sudden, like, a pretty uh, pointless pursuit of scaling inanimate objects? I can do do mine while Michelle thinks. My <laughs> husband wanted to go climbing, so I went with him, and then it was fun, and we kept going. That's beautiful, Mara. Yeah. That's... Simple. Yeah. It's a story. Yep. <laughs> it's a beautiful love story. God, the first... The first time I ever, ever went was 2009, which I was... Were you 12? I was 16. So, and CRG Worcester had just opened up, like, that summer, and my mom lives, like, right next door, and she was like, oh, we should go check this out as something to do. So that was kind of, like, the first time I ever initially, like, felt the need to go climbing, but then after that, it just became, like, you know, the usual fitness challenge, a mental challenge, something to do, something to stay in shape, so... What about you, Richard? Oh, I avoided it. Really? As long as I could, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I started pretty late, I think, like with respect to a lot of people. I started when I was 30, which is kind of weird because that's like older than a lot of you in the room <laughs> when I started. But um, I grew up and was like totally petrified of heights through the entire thing. And one of my uh, really good friends, Alex, uh, was always he was always at the climbing gym like uh, especially like probably right around the same time when it first opened and um you know the scope of interest that we had together was mostly like snowboarding cars and drinking beers and stuff like that and uh he was always trying to convince me to go and it was like always one of those things where i just like found an excuse not to because i was like i hate heights like why the hell am i gonna go do this for fun that sounds just stressful and whatever so um he eventually beat me down on it and just like got me to go and 
Um, I remember I went to uh, Central Rock the first time and like still petrified of heights and not trusting the ropes and how all that kind of stuff works. So I started bouldering. Um, and then I just got like hooked on it. I realized it was something that was like a really fun transition from, um, I was really into weightlifting at that period of time. And that's like all I did for fun and activity. And then I was really looking forward to a winter season full of snowboarding. Um, so I was like, oh, this will be good to get me some like flexibility and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like totally stoked on trying to get outside to go snowboarding and climbing was definitely like a side activity. Um, and then I went snowboarding and yep, I got a little too stoked and I blew my knee out for the third time in my life, the same knee, um, at age 30, which is not usually a good outcome, uh, where I need to go get a series of surgeries where they determined, they basically threw in the towel and told me, uh, that I needed a knee replacement. Um, which I'm still dealing with now. I haven't moved any further. So if anybody has great doctor suggestions, <laughs> feel free to hit us with them. I will take all recommendations. Um, right now, my best idea is to go back to Thailand and try to get stem cells. So talk to me. Um, but yeah, after that, that pretty much ruined my snowboard season uh, and wasn't looking good for the future of athletics with me at all. In um, the fine folks over at Central Rock, they actually gave me a discounted membership for a couple of weeks because I wasn't going to be able to climb at all. So just to be able to go there and work out uh, and I eventually started getting back into it. And I remember I went to the gym the first time and I was still in a cast on my knee um, about four years ago. I actually went with my pops and he's belaying me up on top rope with a busted, busted wheel still in the cast. And still like, there's like a weird sense of accomplishment of figuring some of that stuff out and being able to do it while, uh, you know, nursing what could be a pretty significant injury. And yeah, from there, still have the same injury, but like kind of trying to figure out a way to work with it all at the same time. I think that's like part of the fun and the challenge and um, the fulfillment with it at the same time. But yeah, so weird ride getting there. And then obviously a lot of passion to try to get it and figure out a way to take it outside. And that's been the past four years is trying to figure out how to do that at a uh, older age start with not a tremendous amount of technical skill and not kill myself. Um, Which you've done a great job at doing. I he mean, is alive today. Super alive. I am alive today, so that's good. So you went one time with Alex, and then from then on out, you were just like, I'm going to do this now. Yeah, it was like a little bit slower of a start. I just realized, um, for one, he's a he's at like a tremendously different technical skill level than I am, so it was like um, still pretty daunting, but I realized like, oh man, I could actually do this. I'm getting a good workout from it. And then I think the real turning point for it where I actually like – started considering myself a climber is when I like found a way to go back with my leg messed up as it was and like realized that this is probably something I'd be able to make work mm -hmm. um and it's done nothing but good things for me like I still have a torn ACL I have almost no meniscus in my right leg and it helps me with flexibility and comfort through the whole thing so you have nothing upholding your knee. I have nothing. No, climbing, <laughs> climbing your seat. Yeah. It's a hell of a drop knee, Rich. Like, yeah. I have nothing holding up my knee. Yeah, it's true. I can drop knee pretty good if I'm warmed up. So it's good. It's good. Wow. Well, I think yeah. it's interesting you say that because when I blew out my MCL snowboarding, I felt like I got back to climbing a lot faster than I thought I would. Like it didn't kill it as much as I was expecting, which was nice. Yeah. Hmm. Just get really smart about it. Climbing is one like the few activities that you go out there and like there's a. I don't know. It's a book that probably a lot of people have already looked at. It's one of the Falcon guides on like intro to climbing, but it talks about how that sport, all sports are made up of a combination of like, uh, like physical strength, 
mental capability and technique and it's like a pretty even three-way split when and you look up and intimidation and it well that falls into the mental uh the mental side of it um so i think that's what it allows you to do a lot um is that you have a little bit of a physical hold back i a lot of times you can overcome it with men- mental and technique and now that i say that out loud i don't know how i'm figuring it out because my technique is god awful so it's probably just no it's not Sure. I've seen worse. Thanks. Yeah, we've seen worse. We've seen worse. Okay, that's good. We've seen people climb in rental shoes. I'll take that. I'll take that. Hey, no hate on the rental shoes, but yeah. That's true. So, anyway. No other personal questions you guys want? How was your day? I had an idea for one. It's very similar to my previous question. We've all traveled. Some of us have traveled more than others, but where's the, like, best climbing that you've traveled to? Oh. We know Rich is going to have some crazy answer, so he'll go first. Rich went free soloing in Thailand, or deep water soloing, or whatever the fuck. They're kind of the same thing. Free One deep water, water soloing. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my fav- probably my favorite thing about climbing is being able... It just gives like more significance to travel, so um, it's tough for me to pick out like the best place I've been for climbing. i got to say, like, Thailand ridiculous yeah it's obviously Abs- my favorite too yeah yeah <laughs> i like the idea of thailand for climbing oh man no but We've it's like it, it's a super super cool experience to like go there and eat the food and the people are all super super rad but it was like the like the locals were unbelievable but the people that were uh i got to meet out there traveling made it like really really cool there's probably like five or six people that i still stay in super close contact uh, with well, from, not super close. There's a pandemic, Richard. Can't be. Uh, it, they are at least six feet away from me. Um, <laughs> but get to say, you know, I met some really cool people out there. The climbing, though, is world class. So um, Tansai is definitely the area that people talk about the most when it comes to, like, climbing in Thailand. Um, I found that it's a really great place if you're a five-point-something way higher than me climber. Um, but if you go to like Israel beach, there's a lot of stuff in like more moderate grades and it was like stunning and super cool quality, uh, super cool limestone rock. And like when you actually get to the top of a climb and like stop and turn around, it's like, you feel like you're playing a video game. It doesn't even look real when you're hmm. looking back at the ocean there. It was, that, was, that was probably my favorite spot. And what is it? Sport? Trad? It's, uh, there's almost, there's almost no trad climbing really? there because oh, limestone, limestone, right? So okay, right. Um, you know, they have a, um, a lot of interesting things there for, you know, from trying to maintain it as a climbing area because, um, the equipment that you need to be able to like bolt a climb when it's close to the ocean and has high humidity is expensive. So there's actually yeah. a really cool project they have. It's called the Thai Tanium Project. I um, like that. Yeah, I knew Big you fan. would. I was like, I slow rolled that one. So you like it, but, um, it's all about like people donating a bit of money to the uh to the cause to help you know a area maintain uh some really great climbing so everybody can travel there and go is that and like enjoy their it. access fund then pretty much yep. Country? Okay. yep so that's cool um i'm sure we can find a link to the instagram and tag them on it or something sure. like that but it's uh climbing in thailand we can support the cause yeah i mean I for just when don't you go do to, that till covid's over yeah please. don't do that till covid's mm. over but um really cool place a lot of a lot of great energy from the locals and a lot of great support and uh, not for our microphones <laughs> not for our microphones i almost kicked off the table but no support uh, for those a lot of great support globally from people really trying to help support and maintain like probably arguably one of the best sport climbing areas in the world really yep 
Yeah, oh. I, I haven't gotten to travel a ton, but we got the opportunity to go to Vegas uh, the summer before COVID, and it was freaking fantastic. I had a great time there. I'm a desert kid, so I didn't mind the heat, and the climbing was super fun. And this was before we were trad climbing, so now I want to go back and hit up even more than we could before. I can't focus. You said before COVID. Now I just think BC will be before COVID. Yes. My favorite story from Red Rocks, <laughs> we were hiking out, and at the top of Red Rocks, there's all these tourists and stuff, and this... Uh, very nice Asian couple asked us to take a picture with their son. We think they might have thought we were, like, famous climbers or something. So we are just like, sure, we'll take a picture with your, like, 10-year-old child. He was not as amused, but we went with it. That's it cute. Great. Yeah. That's we were cute. very sweaty and disgusting. As climbers are. Yeah. That's probably why they're, Especially like, oh, man, when they're it's 100 really degrees hard. outside. Yeah. Trying real hard. It's sent the, the hottest 5'5 five five in the, uh, in it the was desert. Like a, we yeah. were doing 5'8s. Thank you very much. Okay. So, so there you go. I'll see myself out. That's right. Um, I went to, as I mentioned earlier, the Red River Gorge three three years ago now with a group of my climbing friends, obviously. That place is wild. Like, it, it just, you walk in, and first of all, the walls are just super tall, and everything's very pocket-y, but the rock is very solid, and you just, it feels like it was made for climbers. It just bolted and trad, and there's little... Um, like dog tags at the base of each route with like the name and the grade, which is very helpful. Um, Didn't the, Shane mention something about that? In he the did. Last episode just, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, that, that no, was he in did. like yeah. Oh, um, it's Spain. He was yeah, saying Spain. that it was in Spain. I still yes. haven't seen a place that has that, which is cool. Yeah, so. I guess there's one at Farley, but it just says just seventy m because you need a seventy meter rope. Well, that's helpful information nonetheless. On, yeah. I think they said it was the Green Mile, I believe. Uh, Jesse's saying yes. Definitely, yes. Definitely done. Definitely done that with a sixty. Really? Yeah. Oh, good thing you didn't have your chopped rope. Yeah. But anyway, um, but the red was, was beautiful. And once again, once COVID slows down, because obviously that location is a very small, like, actual community. Like, it's not yeah. like you're in a big city, you know. There's, like, Miguel's, which runs most of the climbing business. And there's, like, a small, you know, beer store, a couple other convenience stores maybe. But it's a very small town. So, um, you know, don't. Don't kill the locals, but, um... <laughs> That's Public service announcement featuring Michelle. Good advice, Don't kill, kill the no locals COVID. and always use your knees on mantles. Running for Top mayor. tip, murder is bad. Thank you. Yes. So, uh, the moral compass is very much pointing north. True north. All right, cool. So, all right, any other qu questions for each other? I feel like I know you guys so well, but I'm realizing that our audience doesn't. I do you, though. Do I know you well? Is it, I don't know. And how God. much do they want to know? How much do they want to know? On your topic of Red River Gorge, there's a really good documentary on Amazon I can look up about ice climbing in Kentucky. Fascinating. Mm. So you what's funny about it. that is I, for some reason in my ignorant New England-centered brain, didn't think that Kentucky got snow. So when we went down to the Red River Gorge... It was March, and I was like, all right, packing my tank tops, oh. packing my shorts. Rookie mistake. And, like, you know, my black diamond pants so people know that, like, I'm legit. Um, <laughs> just joking. Uh, and we get down there. First of all, we drove down there, and it took, like, 17 hours because I picked up a friend in, in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and then drove down from there. And, yes, the office. Um, but anyway, so we get down there, and uh, the Sunday we get down there, it was beautiful weather like perfect 60 something sunny gorgeous i'm exhausted but i was like you know what we should get some climbing in anyway woke up the next morning and there was like six inches of snow on the ground and we're there for the week to climb and i was like what the fuck are we gonna do 
So my friends being optimistic and very determined, we ended up climbing the whole week, even though the belay stations were just getting... <laughs> it is blanket o'clock. Um, the belay stations were just getting poured on with water. Like, we had to dry out our ropes every single night because the snow melt would fall off the cliffs onto our belayers, and um, it was a whole thing. And the approaches were very slushy and cold and honestly treacherous, but I still would have done that trip over again in a heartbeat. It was... I would go back there very soon. I remember talking to you before that trip, and you were, like... You had a crazy sense of optimism about there not being snow. Oh, really? And I was just like... <laughs> Does she know that weather like happens? very, very, very assumptive about the lack of, sl- of snow there. Why wouldn't um, you tell... Why wouldn't you say something? I'm pretty sure I did, but you were just like... Because no Rich is a no dick. S- That's no. why. <laughs> okay. <Hey. laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those things. It was like, I think I was flying out to Thailand at about the same time. I think I went like... You went to like Tahoe. Oh, I went to Tahoe. That's gotcha. like Thailand was right before COVID, wasn't it? Nope. Oh, that was Vietnam. Vietnam was right before COVID. <laughs> Ask me COVID. about Rich's trips. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <There> <laughs> I know go. all of them. <laughs> Michelle, tell us all about all of my trips. Um, but yeah, you were just like, hey, I'm I'm not trying to yuck your yum over here on it. Like you were, you were right a rock and in your psyched, brain, man. in your brain, there was no snow that was going to happen in Kentucky. I was like, all right, cool. It's South. <laughs> Anywhere South of Worcester, Massachusetts doesn't get snow. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Connecticut. All right. So now that we've gotten our intro bios out of the way, um, we Sound had... like you're rushing through it. Did you not want to? Michelle sounds disgruntled. I often feel attacked <laughs> in this conversation <laughs> format. That's fair. We did attack you. But... I'm going to bring said it. We were right, though. a guest back on that doesn't want to believe me. So. Is it Shelby? It is Shelby uh, Mars <laughs> She's Pup. at home, so. Oh. She's great. All right. So um, just asked some questions to our audience the other day. Just um, trying to figure out what are some important topics to our listeners. Because I care about that. We all care about that. Um, but this one made me laugh. So, at Exuberant Animal writes, people never brush sports roots ever, not once. Like, what? So. Is that a direct quote? Yeah, there's three question marks. End quote. Um, anyway, I did that wrong. But, um, so, I don't know. I've, I've never brushed a sport root. I mean, reasons to brush a, a sport root, I guess, would there's be. There's chalk on it. Leave no trace, right? They also do sell rock-colored chalk. They do? That. Yes, they do. I yep. had no idea. Yeah, I think it's Different big colors. in like uh, depending on dirt? the rock that you're on. You just rub some. Dirt I think on it's it? big in Vegas at Red Rocks. People would go for the red shot because it's super obvious. Well, certain uh-huh. crags require you. Yeah. Not around here, but to buy like chalk that blends so that you're not leaving like chalk marks all over the place because it's very unsightly for other people. Did so. you say unsightly? I or said unsightly. <laughs> you said unsightly. I did not. But anyway, um, there's other concerns with it, like because again, I'm not. I'm probably not as much of like a, a projector, if you will, but like, is it kind of like spraying beta when there's tick marks and all kinds of other stuff? I could see that being like, you know where the next fold is because it's covered in chalk. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. I also feel like performance wise, if there is a fuck ton of chalk on something. How much exactly is a fuck ton of chalk if we're to define it? Enough where you notice it. Well, Rich, if you remember that one climb we were trying to do at Mormon, that like super hard one, there was the one hold that was just so chalky. I think it was also because it was really cold. We definitely could have used a brush then. True. Yeah. 
I mean, I would be curious to know how many people actually have a brush with them when they're sport climbing or trad mm-hmm. climbing. I know I don't. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I often have one in my backpack, but I I don't think I would... I don't know if our routes are, are trafficked enough to need to bring one up. And we get a lot yeah, of rain true. also. I think a lot, so. of the, a lot of the places we've been are like... Our whole goal over the last year was to try to go to like the least trafficked places ever to That's climb, a good point. which means we, you have more of an obligation to clean up your own trace there, I guess, right? Um, Plus, I the kind the of be- climbs that we do just are filled with spider webs and weeds and, and yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. So. One time, Rich popped a spider nest, and then there was baby Ew. spiders when I had to follow him. It was gross. Where was that? It's disgusting. Uh, Mormon. Mormon Hollow. It wasn't Mormon. Still oh. sent it. Yeah, he still cool. sent it, and then the bolt fell off at one the point. The bolt did. It didn't oh, totally fall off. Oh, I know that climb. Off. Okay, I know that climb. Yeah, we fixed it. You did? It you actually fixed it. I went back and fixed yeah, it Yeah, not even right fake tools. fixed it. So I didn't the know hang- the spiders, though. Got, That's horrifying. Got up to the overhang, and the the nut was hanging on by, like, a nipple hair on there, and the hanger was just spinning around. So, yeah, it was a good wow. time. No, I think, uh, in summary, when it comes to, like, whatever that person had said there about people brushing, don't brush about not brushing is like ever? yeah it's brush. probably uh good looks i mean the the most utilized i've seen a brush used recently was uh at central rock in hadley i watched somebody bouldering uh take the brush out of their it was like in their sock for some reason and they threw it at somebody heckling them in the middle of a boulder seriously they sent it it was pretty but badass. they threw it in a serious manner yeah they reached down threw it at somebody that was heckling them wait it did was, they throw it mid-climb they threw it mid okay that's awesome it was they were arguably, dating for sure i definitely want to be that yes. person's friend <laughs> yeah i mean maybe i i thought it was admirable wow so I'm but yeah start... clean your clean your holds clean other well, that's like the question brushes. we don't we don't ever clean our sport routes do we need like should we be are we being ignorant like, when i start sport climbing I don't know. And I will. Are you Adam Andre where you put on chalk eight times before you make a move? I for sure mm. over chalk. I'm definitely a low chalk. Well, do you chalk and then go into the pants and wipe it, or do you just go straight into the wall? No. I, I chalk don't think and I ever give myself the good old handprint on the booty. I do a quick slap on my mm. butt. I tend I to do moves. the like touch the hands together. I don't know what you. I would think call that's this. how you're supposed to apply chalk, though. I think we need to know. reach out to that person and find out is their intention that we get people to clean holds more. Yeah, because what's the if goal it is, here? We support. We support that. Clean yeah. your damn holds, people. Yeah. Carry a brush. Yeah. All right. We got a uh, user named at Josiah underscore Brown underscore V-I-I-I. It's Mara's husband. He wants to know about the proliferation of tricams, which I'm going to let Rich take. We're just going to preface this with he is obsessed with tricams. He meaning Josiah. He meaning Josiah, yes. And are you, would you consider yourself obsessed with tricams? I think Rich I mean, has been... Um, anointed, anointed by being a climbing partner of Josiah. Anointed. So I've... my question for you, Rich, is this a real <laughs> thing or is this just something that has happened in our little oh, climbing unit man. because Josiah really likes tri-cams? Well, first of all, is there an increase in trad climbers? Um, that's a, it's a good question. I think everything, it's like subject to perspective. And I think, uh, the fact is, is Josiah climbs with, uh, maybe three people. And they're sitting down and here. And they t- all bought tricams. And they're sitting here talking on this podcast, <laughs> and they all happen to um, own tricams. And um, me probably being his primary like trad climbing partner, I also. So yeah, I guess he could uh, totally see that as being like growth in tricams. I know every person that I climb with that is not Josiah, and I place a tricam, and they have to follow me. They resent me for the next couple of pitches when they try to figure it out. 
Um, Figure what out? Uh, why you did it or how you did it? How to get it out. Oh. That's the, what she said. Um, hmm, yeah, I think when you, once you're experienced with tricams, they're not that difficult to get out. They're really not. I have more trouble with nuts than tricams. Really? Hmm. I just stroke out. Anyway. Uh, okay. Did you say you yeah. stroke out? But struggle. I started to say the word struggle, and it kind of did sound like that. So. Yeah. Big fan of tri-cams, though. I prefer carrying a rack of tri-cams almost more than I prefer carrying a set of nuts, because I feel they're very versatile. I set plenty of tri-cams in a passive sense. We also, I feel like, so. do climb at Crow where there is horizontal cracks mm-hmm. to actually put tri-cams in. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Rich, talk to us about monkey's fists. Ooh. That'll be a future question. Monkey fists. Or, <laughs> Mara, tell me what it's like to clean a monkey fist, because you're probably the only person in New England that's had I would just carry a lighter and just fucking burn it. Clean. <laughs> just leave it. <laughs> it was, I have pictures, it was totally solid. That thing was bomber. No, the flake forever. might not have been bomber, but the set, the placement I was I think bomber. the way that we set it probably helped that flake. Yeah. Because you wouldn't want to put much else, else in there. That thing would have sheared right out. Yeah. We did it. We use that whole flake as protection. Okay. All right. So this one was more of a serious topic. Um, Tricam, not serious. Tricams are serious I'm very topics sorry as to, well. To disrespect protection just, is serious. Josiah underscore V3, Boulder problem, whatever it is, <laughs> takes it very seriously. Um, my uh, friend, Emma, I have friends, just so everyone knows. What? Uh, but at Emma underscore jackets, uh, she wants to know about injury prevention. So... Um, I did do a little bit of, just a very small amount of research prior to this, which I found interesting. So, uh, Jonathan Washatka at sportrock.com states that there are four major climbing injuries, rotator cuff, tennis elbow, which is tendonitis, meniscal tears, the most, most frequently caused by repeatedly drop kneeing, and uh, finger pulley injuries, which are prone to occur in the crimping position. Um, and Mara, I just saw your note on this. I was going to say, I feel like there's a big one missing. Ankle injuries from jumping off a boulder and not landing, right? Mm-hmm. Is very common. I feel like I've seen more people get ankle injuries climbing than almost anything else. And we also had I've a friend. Had three this year. <laughs> we also had a friend. Uh, did she break her ankle taking her lead test? Yeah. It was broken. Yeah. So ankles, I feel like, are a big one. I've also seen people fall off the boulder wall and, um, like, try to catch themselves Mm. on their hand and, like, hyperextend their elbow. That's what I've seen a lot. Falling on an outstretched outstretched hand is the leading cause of most arm injuries in athletics in general. So, um, yeah. Um, Injury prevention, though. So, I mean, obviously, none of us are doctors, but, um, you know. And this information should not be substituted for medical advice if you do have an injury go see a doctor yeah please don't go to the off play podcast for any advice ever on anything uh (laughs) well ways to prevent injuries which a lot of us i think end up overlooking as we become more comfortable climbing um but obviously warming up um resting in between your problems and roots taping i am horrible at taping i can never remember to do it i would also like to throw out a lot of times taping is a band-aid and should not be substituted for actual treatment Sometimes it'll just make things not hurt. It's not going to make them better. Mm. I wonder, though, if taping has, like, a psychological reminder to not maybe, yes. like, crank down so hard on that. Yes. So it's called know? proprioception. It reminds your... It basically is, like... Which is this, Which is kind of how... Which is kind <laughs> of the uh, idea with kinesio tapes to a certain extent. 
it's reminding your body that like, hey, my knee is kind of sore. Maybe I shouldn't crank on it. Sure. By having the tape there, you're more aware of the injury and the body part. It's true. Um, This is clearly a section I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Yeah, don't take any of Rich's advice on injury prevention. I'm constantly injured. As mentioned, Rich is crunchy. I'm cr- yes, crunchy. Um, and then also just climbing efficiently, um, which is obviously easier said than done. But, you know, you start getting tired. You start climbing with your arms bent. It's going to put unnecessary stress on, you know, your biceps, your elbows, things like that. So, um, And then just also balancing out um, your muscles. So, like, making sure that you're also doing chest exercises as well as your climbing exercises to balance out your posture and different things like that. So there's a bunch of stuff that you can do. Um, I mean, it's all about push and pull. Yeah, and we're fortunate enough to go to a gym that does have a full workout area, so it is accessible to members. Um, But there's lots of stuff that we can do at home, too. So anyway, that's just a quick touch on injury prevention. Uh, Rich, do you have any insight on injury prevention? Michelle's boyfriend, Jesse, said that if you can outbench him, he'll buy you a four-pack of your favorite hammer and hops beer. (laughs) What does that have to do with injury prevention? (laughs) Benching is a thing. Also, if you want to know more about injury prevention, let us know. We can go a little more in-depth yeah, and, and if do you, a whole episode on that if, if we want to. If you know someone or if you are someone who is uh, really knowledgeable on climbing-specific injury prevention, <laughs> Mara, uh, then come on the show. We'd love to talk to you. Um, you you, you mean any... I can come on the show? Mara, you are welcome on the show anytime. <laughs> um, but yeah, any more insights on climbing uh, injury prevention? I think it's important to don't forget the importance of stretching. I'm terrible at it. I think a lot of us are, but especially if you're starting to feel tightness, try to get in front of it before it's a problem. Do your stretching, do some exercises, really make sure you're working on those shoulder muscles. I's, T's, and Y's can do wonders for your rotator cuffs. But Mara does have a, a, is it a sports medicine specific background? Yes. So she does have that knowledge um so if you do have any more questions obviously once again we're not doctors but um it is important i don't know of really any climbers who have gone a whole climbing career without getting injured there's got to be something there's always climber's elbow or whatever i mean knock on wood i tend to get injured more from snowboarding than from climbing i haven't really had anything crazy from climbing i knocked on wood rich these are wood (laughs) Nice. Um, yeah, I think for me, it's just been tennis or climber's elbow. I think same thing. Don't get me started. Any other comments on climbing injury prevention? <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay, great. Let's get into uh, at Pavel Lift says, wearing socks with climbing shoes. No. Is that a question? Uh, no. Nope. We're getting a lot of statements. <laughs> did you ask for questions or did you? <laughs> I said, what's an important topic for you? And oh, this okay. is what I got. All right. Uh, I don't think I can even fit socks in my climbing shoes, and I don't wear them that small. So I'm not going to lie. I have one. I was just thinking, I have one pair of climbing shoes that I got hey, for you have free some big ones. That they're they're big, and I like can wear socks under them, but it is like not a preference. I don't know. I feel like you'd lose a lot of feel on it, but there are also people that send harder than I do that prefer to wear socks in their climbing shoes. I mean, not for nothing. I did sprain my ankle last year and i had to wear like an ankle sleeve which is basically like a toeless sock and it wasn't it wasn't but i'm just saying as far as like did i notice it while i was climbing no like it just it i don't know it didn't make that much of a difference i think it was pretty sockish i think the toe is the huge thing though like that's your feel point when you've got shoes on because i tried to climb with socks on in our 
boulder cave on the sun porch and it did not go well mm-hmm. the shoes also were way too tight but that's neither here nor there all right so none of us climb with socks but you know if that's your thing to each their own more yeah. power to you i mean i don't care what you do with your feet my feet are always cold Just i make wish sure i could you're wear not socks using your knees i guess right Anyway. Don't um, use your knees as hands. Okay. Let me just make sure I didn't. Oh. At Choss Life just wrote bolts. Yep. Yeah, it exists. Bolts. That's the thing. Bolts. We don't really use them for trad too much. Um, I mean, we. They're would... very important for sport climbing. Yes. I would say yeah. this is what makes it a sport, sport climb. Sport climbing without bolts is uh, spicy. <laughs> I think that's called uh, rope soloing. Right. Um, but no, I mean, we would like to have this discussion at a, at a future date, um, yeah. just because it, of where we're located, there is a, a deep history of bolting being an issue, morally or whatever. I'm not saying that I obviously have a problem with it, but we just have a history of it being a conflict. Yeah. It's entertaining conversation for sure. Um, so I'll put it out there. If anybody knows Ken Nichols, <laughs> I... I think there's probably an intriguing conversation that could happen there. So open invite to my house to talk on a weird podcast. That's true. About it. Um, yeah. I mean, we're all I, big I, bolt lovers. I here. hope we hit the essence of what Tross Life was getting after with the bolt statement in question. But bolt? yes, it wasn't a question. But yeah, it was just bolts. This, it is yeah. a topic that he cares about, which I think we all agree we care yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, if I'm sport climbing, I'd super care about it. So. Yeah uh yeah all right and then this one i left for last because it is important to me um so at vui 13 i think that's how you say that um they write treating places with respect don't park like a jerk don't act like oh that rule isn't for me Hmm. this one is pretty universal i mean i think we can at least everyone here agree that um you know like we touched on the last episode i'm sure we'll touch on in future episodes but we are all here. We all, you know, participate in this war because it is something we care about for whatever reason that may be. So just make sure that you're taking care of, you know, the places that we recreate. Um, you know, Throw contr- some sand down in the Farley lot. That's all they Throw ask. Throw some sand down. But if it's full, you know, leave. Go somewhere leave. Go else. Go check out Mormon. Go away. It's a good time. Or Sun Bowl or Rose or go to the other Farley parking lot. Or go to is. Hadley. Go to the gym. We've go, definitely uh, done that. Showing up at Farley, even. it's raining. Go to Hadley. You mm. know, it sucks, but, uh, you know, could have just got up earlier. Or yeah. come back later, you know, not to say your day's ruined. But really, um, just respect the access and respect your other climbers. And uh, and the non-climbers of the world. Yeah. Because sometimes they own the land that we need to be on. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes people are there to hike, you know. Sometimes yeah. our, like, uh, college rock, there's a lot of mountain bikers hikers things like that you know it's not just like climbers own the world so not yet and then if you climb in connecticut oh there's some people if you climb in connecticut you will feel like a professional sponsored climber Mm. because there aren't a lot of uh how do i say um there other, aren't a lot of climbers in climbers. <laughs> in the parks that you would climb in. So the, at least in our know. experience this year, yeah. it was right. You yeah, top we out were, and they go. We've met Holy some interesting shit. people climbing in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get to the top and they're like, "Did you, did, did you just climb that?" And you're like, "Yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's, just, it's a five five. It's fine." Why'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I used my hands and my feet and, and my knees. <laughs> propelled myself right. up this wall. <laughs> This thing, it's a rope. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but... This is my harness. Right. So, 
uh, Connecticut special. But anyway, um, yeah, so, no, we can all agree on that. Um, I mean, if there is anyone that's listening to the podcast that doesn't agree with that, you know, fight me. Um, but also, seriously, like, consider donating to the Access Fund. Consider donating to WMCC. Question that hasn't come up yet, I think is worth some discussion. I'm watching Michelle cringe. <laughs> I'm going to get bullied again. <laughs> no, you're not going to get bullied. Uh, why, why start this podcast? Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, A little vision thing. of, like, what we're thinking right. about here. We've, like, discussed it, kind of. I feel but, like we discussed it a little bit in episode one. Yeah. We did. Um, I don't know. I uh, I just, I love talking with climbers. I think they're weird and interesting and, there's a word interesting. No. Um, different. Um, but usually they're very, um, very selfless, very motivated people. Um, but more than anything, I, I just wanted to... I don't know, give a platform and literally a microphone to our community because, I don't know, like Shane had, I don't think he brought it up in the actual podcast, I think we were talking afterwards, but he was like, with the pandemic, we have missed out on the opportunity to essentially have like bonfire conversations, you know, with a lot of climbers, like you would, you know, at Rumney or wherever the hell you are, um, after a day of climbing, you just sit down and you're just talking about climbing which we could apparently talk about forever um but i don't know i um that that was pretty much my main reasoning so yeah i think about the amount of the amount of time in my life that i've been climbing i'd say is like a relatively like small portion um but i've gotten to meet like a lot of super super cool not to give you guys too much of an ego but like a lot of really cool people because of it that i probably wouldn't have met uh under the normal circumstance i think having this as like a vehicle um to be able to cast you know cast that net out there meet some more people have some more conversations um you know tighten up the community i think there's a lot of causes that like it, it wasn't even on my radar before about like the conservation the amount of energy and effort that goes into like taking care of areas and like the the wildlife and like everything else that goes into like making a climbing area like special and unique um i think some exposure around that is like good for it and plus frankly there's some like there's some really weird and some awesome people out there in this uh it takes all kinds yeah right it takes it does it takes like all kinds of people to kind of make this community that um I think the nature of it is those people don't necessarily look to put the spotlight on themselves um, and the rest of the world is missing out on being able to like hear what they're all about and hear some like perspective and frankly probably hear some like really weird stories for them and I think we got you know we got something good going on here where we can enable that or at least try to be the the vehicle the catalyst to like having that conversation happen so no could be fun yeah I also initially wanted to I mean my phrases so climbing in this area is not new right there's been climbing for decades in this area and i would personally love to talk with some of those people who've seen the changes happen you know from equipment changing like Mm -hmm. you know what a harness and shoes used to look like way back in the day versus now and obviously the population of climbers is exploding you know what that must be like to have been involved in a super like off the grid sport that's essentially like almost like rebellious right 
um, to now it being like a very safe thing and there's gyms and so I, I would also like to dive a little bit into the history of like climbing in our area um, especially because you know like you'd said we're all pretty new to this relatively um, so I, I just I selfishly would like to meet some new people and learn about their experiences and you know kind of get outside my social bubble which is you guys <laughs> um, but uh, yeah basically just uh, expand our our circles and hopefully you know I've always felt you know when I listen to a podcast I feel like I'm kind of there so hopefully you guys feel brought into that circle as well and we'd love to have you on I don't care who the fuck you are you know you're listening as long as you get tested for COVID and you practice some safe (laughs) safe behaviors you're more than welcome to come to my living room and sit six feet away from me yeah um, you know, it's, everyone has a story, whether that's, you know, I went to the gym and had a good time or, you know, something else. So, yeah. Laura? <laughs> no, I think you covered it pretty well. Sweet. <laughs> good question, Rich. Yeah. All right. Um, the most serious conversation we're going to have all day is what's your guys' favorite crag, crag snack? Oh, I just totally butchered that, but. <laughs> For ice climbing, definitely peanut butter M&M's. Not peanut, peanut butter. They're they're super. They're delicious, especially when they're cold. And then mm-hmm. I've always been a big fan of meat sticks. I believe we buy Jack Links. Meat sticks. Yeah. At, is that different is that, than the the quad? Is that at Jack Links? <laughs> sure, at Jack Links. Sasquatch. Jack Links sponsor. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna accidentally like tag some not appropriate Instagram. At some I hope point so. It's probably yeah. gonna be riches. Yeah, it's probably mine. Yeah, so I know Rich. I know Rich loves a PB and J. Don't answer oh, hold, this. Rich hold. is a PB and J on potato bread. Okay. Rich, Rich has converted our house to potato bread really? for yeah. our PB and Js. They're delicious. But potato potato bread is a goddamn game changer. I toasted so it the other day this, for something else. Oh, Great. Fuck's sake! If you really want to get wild with it, do. Uh, this is not a crag snack, but potato bread, Nutella. I disagree that it's not a crag snack. But go ahead. It's more of a supply thing. Fluff. Toss that hog in a toaster for a bit. These are not things I have in my house, though. You would like. You're not from New you England. Didn't, you also, <laughs> you also didn't have potato bread until. Well, yeah, we well, just had me. wheat bread because it was for normal sandwiches. So I'll tell you what. Br. Don't ever try rich. to make a fluffernutter, which is fluff and peanut butter. For those who don't know, obviously. It's New England climbing podcast. They all know. Plus Nutella you will choke it is that just much... sounds like it will tape your tongue to the roof it's of your too mouth. much substance. don't go too you can't go too hard on that, that's too I much gum i was very young when i tried this and it was delicious but you will choke to death so don't. Listen, well you clearly the, the didn't best, die the best crag snack and i've swayed almost everybody this way is uh i've eaten more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in between the age of 33 and 34 than I had in my entire collective life leading up to that moment. And they're delicious. Um, yeah, and it needs to be on potato bread. Pepperidge Farms, I'm finding out, actually has a pretty gosh darn good potato bread. So, uh, at Pepperidge Farms. I don't know what brand Pepperidge we, Farms, I don't know what they brand remember. we get. It's got some sort of flowered bag. I think it's somebody's name. It's delicious potato oh, bread. Shit. Very I'm supple. I'm give them a plug, too. You're right. Hold on. I got yeah, some. I think it's wow. the brand that Rich gets. Am I the only one that's not like gung ho about potato bread? I'm just a wheat bread person. Yeah. Uh, Martin's, Martin's potato Martin's bread. Potato bread Delicious Martin's potato, potato bread. bread. Don't buy Pepperidge Farm. Hit us Whatever up, Martin's potato bread. <laughs> Give us some free bread. 
Oh, let's get that bread, right? <laughs> let's get that bread. Let's acquire those carbohydrates. Yeah. We yeah. pack our PB&Js in foil. You could reuse it if you're crazy. Who came up with the foil idea? I believe it was Rich. Mm, yeah, sure was. Well, I mean, I learned all my what? sandwich ways from you, so. Yeah. Nobody likes to open a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and have, like, the weird, soggy purple dot in the middle of or it. Nobody ants. wants any of that. Rich, what kind of jelly is your go-to? Uh, sure as shit is not the sugar-free Smuckers, <laughs> because that was a mistake. Did you willingly purchase that? No, I didn't do it willingly. I did accidentally you did it. After? I did not poop myself <laughs> after. Uh, I did take like two bites of it, and then I just decided that it was better to like totally deplete myself and starve for an entire day of climbing because I couldn't finish it. I think didn't I make us PB and J, but like ants got into it. Yes, I think we still ate. I wasn't there. No, for that. no way. Rich might have eaten it. I might eat it. Are you a grape jelly guy? I'm a grape jelly guy. I'm a big, I can, I'm I'm a big raspberry like, jam. Yeah, you guys do the raspberry. You raspberry. do some of the jams, but you pick the ones that are not sugar-free, so I tend to enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I make sure I get the correct jams. And yeah, I screwed it up. Big wow. fan of the seedless raspberry jam. Yeah. Hmm. Do you know what else is a good crag snack? Tequila. What? No, I, hmm. Is that a, a post-climb or a during the climb? That's a post-climb. Do not drink and climb. <laughs> big fan of uh, the post hike out beer before you get on the road that's always a oh, good yeah. time personally yep. a fan of hammer and hops for crack always beer. hammer and hops yep. do you guys want to hear what our audience prefers yeah tell us what the audience prefers yeah, snacks all right so they don't say peanut butter and jelly and i don't tequila. think they They're did wrong. because you didn't respond <laughs> first of all climbers are weird i'm just gonna say that holler shout also, out green I don't beans know. i i mean i'm a pb and j girl also i love like, like sticking a gatorade in my backpack just in case nothing worse than a hot gatorade i don't know have you ever had a hot orange worse. Gatorade? No, because I buy yellow Gatorade. Well, I'm savage. You know, sometimes your parents buy the Gatorade and you get orange, and then it's 115 degrees outside, and you drink it. It's at terrible. Gatorade. <laughs> also at Swedish Fish, because that's my other favorite crack snack. Anyway, our audience likes to eat Snickers, marshmallows, jerky, right? That Which is like a meat stick, but different. Meat sticks. At Stinger gummies, peanut butter. Just peanut butter. Just peanut butter. Okay. Peanut butter M and M's. As Jesse almost falls. It's because no one uses them. <laughs> You're the second person to ever touch them, and me, it was when I was trying to put it up. Here's a good one that I want at the Crag is deep fried mac and cheese bites. Who I'm is, sorry. What who is has this the for time a crag to bring snack? How is this happening? I wonder if it's like a fried thing. If it's gonna be okay. Are these people so... climbing at crags with like super accessible toilets? Because marshmallows. <laughs> Maybe, who's gonna go, maybe who's gonna Farley. go to a crag and like Farley. smash down a ton of marshmallows and be like, "Yep, yeah, my stomach feels great." I mean, some people just maybe are really into the wag bags. Marshmallows are fine for my stomach, oh. but mac and cheese. I'm not just gonna eat marshmallows up. though. All right, deep fried mac and cheese bites, green beans, Gross. Uh, apples, right? Reasonable. Meat and cheese. I'd also like to say Meat that was cool. that was Derek Kwan who sends like V100. So clearly yeah, twerking. So meat and cheese. Shout out Dequan. Dequan Dequan with the charcuterie board. You know what, actually, like I know Derek and he definitely eats just donuts. Um, and then last was meat sticks, which I think was your husband. Why do you guys call them meat sticks? Because they're sticks of meat. That's not the same thing so as your jerky. Your husband's a meat stick. <laughs> Okay, inappropriate. Easy. A meat stick and jerky is not... A meat stick is more like a sausage than a jerky. I'm uncomfortable. I do want to say, uh, un- unappreciated one that that reminded me of, Stinger makes these Stroop waffle, like energy waffles that mm-hmm. are freaking delicious. Highly recommend those. They're very good. They're even better when you smash them, and they've been sitting in your bag for a couple months. Huh. 
Trust me. Yeah, there's a lot of things that aren't good like that, like cliff bars. Like, I think I have four cliff bars in my bag that have just been, like, melted and frozen and melted and smashed, and they're, like, inedible now. So. Yeah. Cliff bar does not age well. The uh, peppermint cliff bars that uh, Central Rock Worcester was giving away for a couple mm-hmm. weeks, I kept stashing them in my car, and woof, they are great. I still have, like, two left. Can I tell you a pro tip? Go ahead. If you drive in the winter with the heat on, leave the cliff bar over the car heater. Yeah. Uh. Also with your climbing shoes, obviously. I've just been tucking it under Don't. my butt when I drive. So it tastes like farts, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, no, Try it's... not to. Okay. Uh, but anyway, Steam so... Steam roasted. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pro tip for your cliff bar. Right. Pro tip, fart on your what cliff else? bar. Wow. Um, those were all the crag snacks and all of our listener questions. Jesse, what's your favorite crag snack? Chicken broth. Chicken broth. Yeah. Chicken broth is a good one. I assume really warm. Oh, we forgot about ice climbing. That's a thing, I talked too. about ice climbing. And that's like different snacks. Peanut butter M&M's. Yeah, hot chocolate is a must. I, I still eat a meat stick. Chef Rich is Leo. a big fan of the honey water. Oh, yeah. Hot I honey do water. a little bit of uh, hot water, and I throw some Mike's Hot Honey in there. It's great. A little bit of spicy. Gives you a little warm feeling. The original idea of this episode was to give you guys an idea of like our climbing background, and we've unfortunately showed you our personalities, so I'm very, very <laughs> sorry. Very. Shout out to our parents if you're listening. You're the best. <laughs> I think my parents do listen. Yeah. Shout out to Michelle's parents who definitely listened to the first episode. Turbo Bob's Instagram is at dad. <laughs> That's your dad's. <laughs> They share they an Instagram can't, account. They can't both be at dad. All dads share the same Instagram account. <laughs> okay, so next episode we'll actually have um, a guest information, a guest, maybe multiple a structure. Um, It'll be a surprise when you get there. Uh, there's gonna be one. Do you know who it is? Yes. Oh, awesome. Um, I can't tell you guys uh, their name, but it's a secret. It's a. It is a secret. Um, but it is going to contain um, some valuable, I hope, information and updates for our community. That's right. Offbelay is is a platform that is giving out information now. So, is it factual? Yeah. It is factual. Jeez. Um, Trusted source. You heard you all heard about us first. so far. So. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I think that just about does it for people entering. The workings of our minds. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to add before we? Do you want me to ask you my "Would you rather" question? Oh, sure. Let's do it. So I've got a question for you guys. (laughs) Would you rather go to a climb that had a super long drive and a short approach, or a super short drive and a very long approach? A super long drive. Well, I just feel like I'm jaded from driving up to New Hampshire for like I don't know eighteen thousand hours, and then doing a little bit of. That's kind of how I felt. Yeah. So Michelle. You, you your chosen activity was to drive a shit ton of miles. That's true. And to then literally, approach. and then literally only approach. You would just approach, 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 and then you're like, oh, let's let's now turn this around and approach the car for an equal but amount of time." But technically, I think the drive to approach ratio is still. Eh, I guess they're probably around even hmm. on average. Because there's some days You're, where... You'd like to hike. You're a broken part of the sample size. Also, because I don't like carrying around a lot of climbing gear. That's a true thing. I just kind of hate hiking. So I feel like up to a point, I'd rather have the long drive. Yeah. Well, I mean, hiking, at least you're going to be, like, fairly lightweight for the most part, unless you're, like, backpacking. But, like, climbing, you got, like... Especially if you're trying well, to Well, that's, that's closer to backpacking, then. Is mm. it? 
If you got yeah. a lot of gear, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Everybody I don't carry that much gear, but I'm a baby, yeah. so. Yeah, I don't like carrying that much gear either. Rich and I are on Team Slow, so. Team Slow. Nice. Oh, Jesse's I'm... on Team Fast, just so everyone knows. He's well, he can go in the front and get the rope set up before we get there. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I'm definitely on, like, shorter approaches tend to be the jam for me. I'm all about that. What Easy did you say your favorite crag was? White horse? I mean, white horse is like you literally trip and fall out of the car. <laughs> yeah, you stumble out of the car and you're at the bottom of the... Of it, which is good, but... The, the hike down, not so fun. What the is the worst down. approach in our area? I have a okay. deep hatred of the Crow Hill approach, and I don't know why. Really? It's something about that climb. I think it's just like... That climb. The steepness of it is just like too much for my body. Well, it's probably because you do it in Chacos and not... I have shoes. approach shoes now, thank you very much. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I get really winded once you get to the, the, like, intersection at Farley for some reason, like, where you can go left or right. I'm always super winded by the time we get there. I think everybody listening can identify with, like, the being out of breath and hiking up towards Farley, even though you know it's not a long approach. It's, like, a pretty short and easy one, but you're, like, getting to the top. It's early in the morning. You just ate an egg sandwich. You're, like, trying to hide how out of breath you are. You're, like... Okay, good. (sighs) Okay, Every, I'm All with right. a bunch of I'm with a bunch of badass people here. Like yeah. I don't want them to hear me out of breath. And you're like trying to not breathe heavy. And then you're like I'm gonna pass out because yeah. I need to breathe more. Like my heart rate's <laughs> at 150. Oh, yeah. I've I never have. been to Roseledge, oh, so I don't have that. From, problem. Are you talking from the uh, like the power company down this? Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, wait, yeah, we did go to Rose that one time, didn't we? You just you you're stealing my thunder because I was gonna say that's my least favorite approach. Actually, either approach to Rose Ledge, I don't like. Even when you have the easy spot with like the little parking on the uh, suburban street there, um, hiking into Rose Ledge this summer with my cousin, who moves very quickly uh, from that parking lot was I feel like a he goddamn just nightmare. Would like dance up to wherever. Yeah. Like he doesn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Float. Yeah. It's, like, it's not that bad. I think it's like five minutes. And I was like, like no, no it's not. We're doing it for a long ass time. <laughs> I will tell you right now, my least favorite approach is also the shortest. Ross Rock's approach, I fucking hate. It is like a few hundred feet maybe. But I, I every time I'm like, I'm going to fall and get a concussion or break my ankle. Oh, I've loose never been there. Is it just steep? I couldn't disagree rocky. with you more. It, well, here's the thing. I feel like you're more coordinated on your feet. Don't look at me like that, Mr. I'm a skateboarder and snowboarder and whatever. Yeah, but look at me. I'm a hot mess. Everything's broken. But I I don't know. That place, I like it there. I love the climbing there. But the approach, I'm just like, let's get this fucking over with because I just, I hate every second of it. If you want to know about climbing at Ross Rock, I feel like there's a website. It is climbri.org. But wait a second. What state is Ross Rock located in? So climb... R.I.? Like Rhode Island? Yeah. And is it a, is it a for-profit website or is it a, no. what you would call an organization? It's an organization. It's an organization. So climbri.org. Okay. Yes. Uh, Interesting. Who yeah. made that website? Brian. Brian. Brian did. Okay. All right. So we did one would you rather question. Does anyone else have another would you rather question? I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. I just wanted to mention that we didn't forget that we only did one. We just only had one. (laughs) Would you rather, Mara, this is specific to you. Oh, gosh. Would you rather. Give Shelby up to Rich. 
forever or <laughs> anything else. Uh, would you rather blind whip? What, what do you mean blind whip? Like fall? Like slip and fall? Well, do you know Hold what on. a whip is? Yes. Hold on. Hold on. Would you rather blind whip on a black totem okay. set by me Yep. in questionable rock or blind whip on top rope on the anchor that we saw the gentleman setting at the Auburn Ice Crag last week. Can I see the blind totem? How big is this totem? Is it small? It's a black totem. It's right up there on the wall. It's a there. Oh, I wish yeah. you guys could see Rich's uh, beautiful gear, gear wall. wall. It is beautiful. Is it the one on the right there? This guy right here. Would you rather blind whip on this set All in questionable right, rock so, by um, me or the top rope anchor that was set by the gentleman? I mean, yeah, Auburn. I'm going to go with the totem because I trust you. To not, you know, intentionally murder me, and that anchor was pretty sketchy. Yep. Same answer. I know it wasn't at me, but I would also. Oh, you saw the pictures of it. Yes. So. yes. Rich saw that anchor and immediately turned and walked the other I direction. Got dis- I got so disgusted, I took a different path. To He's walk like, I'm not even it. gonna cross it. I'm just. I was leaving. like, I'm not even gonna look. Just I take a picture and. I think he took pictures and video. Yeah. That's nice. all that I have. Yeah, I think I think I trust you to put in some sketchy pieces. <laughs> More than strangers in their weird anchor. Off of honking trees. So, Rich, probably my favorite climbing... Well, I don't know if that's true, but one of my <laughs> favorite climbing experiences with Rich ever was uh, at Wolf Rock last year because he found, naturally, the shittiest, jankiest route in the entire fucking wall and was like, I think I could lead that. And I was like, okay. like, <laughs> I believe in you. And... It's not a tall wall, right? But it's, you know, not great placement. Like, dirty, flaring cracks on slab and, like, very minimal placement options. So, gets to the top, which neither of us were breathing the whole time. (laughs) I did that in... I was wearing socks. Were you? I wore... Because I was... You and I just went there to, like, do some slab climbing. So, I was wearing my big floppy shoes with socks. And I was like, I think I got this today. Yeah. So, gets the... were you in uh, Solutions? Yeah. My big ones. <laughs> right. Slab in Solutions. But anyway, gets to the top, anchors in, and he I, he lowers down. I was like, oh, good job. And he was like, yeah, so check my gear placements on the way up. Because, you know, the first one fell out, but that was intentional because I was already above it when it fell out, and it was meant to protect me if I fell under it. And the second one was kind of like a dirty flaring crack, so it wasn't great, but, so I placed another one to back that up, but I wasn't feeling great about it. And then the last one, I don't know, so just check them for me. And I was like, Rich, that's all the gear. It's literally all the fucking gear. It's not great, but we would still trust Omar would still trust it more. would still trust it more. Yeah. <laughs> just so you guys know that anchor from what I saw in the picture, was off of one tree. Yeah, it was one tree with three cordelettes, uh, a series of three girth hitches in a row, tied together with a non-locker. Yeah. Uh, and there was definitely another tree they could have used, wasn't there? Yeah, there's a million different things yeah. that they could have used. But But they didn't. Yeah. They didn't. We've since been back to Auburn, and there are no corpses at the bottom, so that's Yeah, good. they survived, and that's what counts, Well, it snowed, so Ooh. did you look hard enough? Jesse... <laughs> Just, Jesse confirms there's still no corpses. So. Just right. Shout out to that Boy Scout troop leader who tried to take all the climbs. At Boy Scout leader. You heard about that, huh? Oh, of course I heard about it. I was so he salty. Was so it was mad. great. 
He was, it was so great. mad. It was, he was, because <laughs> I asked the question. We should have talked I, about that. I asked the, the question that I knew that <laughs> I knew the answer to. And uh, I asked it in just the way to make the guy feel silly about the answer he had then to provide to me, which is like, he's like, oh, are you guys setting up over there? Like, yeah, yeah, we are. Why? Were you on your way? Yeah, I was going to set it up. I was like, oh, is that you with the other stations? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, which one are you finished with? <laughs> Cleaning up. He's like, <laughs> um, no, we were just going to set that one up as well. And just as like, yeah, we'll let you know when we're done with this one over here. <laughs> just yeah. started setting it up. And I was like, oh, we're going to have a standoff with the Boy Scouts right now. <laughs> we went to Wolf Rock. I think it was like one of the first times Jesse and I had ever climbed together. And there's two cracks that are right next. Well, they're not right next to each other. They're right next to each other. But they're, they can each be climbed by a party pretty much. And this guy's at the bottom of these two cracks. And Jesse's like, hey, which one are you climbing? And the guy's like, you know, one or the other. And Jesse's like, yeah, well, I was wondering which one of the other that you were climbing so that I could plan what I'm going to climb. And he's like, yeah, you know, probably, like, you know, one of these two. And Jesse was like, yeah, I know. I, like, grasped that concept. And uh, Jesse's like, guess we'll go set up at the lower tier. <laughs> he's like, he goes, like, that guy was kind of a dick. I was like, you were both kind of being dicks, but, I mean, yeah. And but. So he didn't even deserve it. Deserve <laughs> the right to bogart the cracks. If another climbing party is asking you which route you're going to climb because the crag has gotten busy enough to ask that question, then maybe you should stick to one route is all I'm saying and just be cognizant of Top your tip. surroundings. Being on lead always gets... What? For being on lead, you always get first in line, too. Oh, okay. So... That's a thing. Those are the yep. rules. Yeah. If there's the top rules. rope set up and somebody comes up to lead it, you gotta let them play through. We don't make the rules. We just follow them. Wait. So if I set up, see, I don't know this. If I set up the top rope. Yep. It doesn't mean you need to like bail off the climb, like mid climb. But if somebody shows up with lead, you're supposed to let them play. Even through. if I've set up first. Mm -hmm. Well, you can finish your climb. Yep. You pull your shit to the side and you let them play see, through. See, I didn't know that. Is that a is that a commonly yeah. known thing? Unless I you don't plan know on top roping it, though. unless you plan on top roping it once and then pulling down your whole setup, it's you. Let Is it because quicker. the lead climbers are going to be in and out quicker, so it's more of just yep. like keep it moving? Usually, because the general concept is when people set up top rope, they don't usually set up top rope for one run and then unless get out. Unless you're like me. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference. <laughs> I mean, it happens. So, yeah. slight difference between if it's a top, if it's a lead and then a follow situation is nope. You finish your you finish your lead and your follow situation. Right, but if you but build if you just like, a top rope, go anchor. up there and like set up top rope. Like if we're at Mormon, and I go up there, I hike up, I set up a top rope, I drop my rope off the top, and then I get it back up to the top, and then I finally set it again, um, and it's up there, and we get to the bottom, and somebody's like, "Hey, are you on this? You're supposed to you're supposed to let them play through, on it because leading." The principle of top rope is usually you set it up there for, like, you and your whole extended mm -hmm. family to run laps on. Right. All but, right, I can see I can see that being the way to go if it's a matter of, like, like, if you're at the grocery store and you have a huge cart full of shit and someone's got, like, four items, like, you mm -hmm. let that person go first, right? Yeah. So it's kind of Very a similar, similar idea. Again, different from like a lead and follow situation. Yeah. The lead and follow is two laps and it's done. And if somebody already let it, then you have one you got to clean the gear off of it so it's like more the logical and you're probably tied into that rope so yeah so 
move efficiently cool. and safe. Before we actually officially sign off, though, we do want to thank our sponsors, Hammer and Hops Brewing Company, for their wonderful New England Citra IPA and for always being supportive of the climbing community and the Off the Lake podcast specifically. So thank you to Hammer and Hops. If you're not following them by now, please do so. And try their beer. They're wonderful. We're it's not just saying that. It is interesting. We're not just saying it. They're delicious. Um, the beer, not the brewers. But anyway. Um. <laughs> I don't think you had to say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That is it. Thank you to my co-host, Mara Brown, who is also our audio wizard, who edits the show, did the intro song. Um, all that other good stuff. She's audio wizard. And to Richwellette, who uh, provides... <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> who's here playing with a totem. And yep. uh, lets us come into his house and record things. Uh, so that's pretty much it. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. See ya. Cheers. <laughs>